This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Victoria producing the program. It is the return of the Max tonight. Although not the return to the Hurricanes because he hasn't played with the Hurricanes. But it is the return of Max Pacioretty to the National Hockey League. He will play his first game tonight. Corey Lavalette, among others, will be available to watch it. We're all excited for that. Uh, From the Athletic and North State Journal. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm excellent. I'm looking forward to seeing Max Pacioretty play. Uh, so your, just your thoughts on what what do you expect to see from Pacioretty? Well, I think the big thing with him is he's the kind of guy who can create, uh, you know, create goals on his own. He doesn't necessarily need a setup guy to to be effective. So he's a little bit of that instant offense that maybe the Hurricanes have lacked in recent years. It's going to take time for him to get back up to speed. I mean, he hasn't played in a long time coming off of an injury that's, uh, you know, pretty serious. He's still walking with a bit of a limp, though. Hockey's probably the one sport where you can get away with that a bit. Once you get your boot tied on and and everything, you can can overcome that. But, um, you know, it's going to take time. I, you know, I wouldn't. I I wouldn't take anything that happens in his first 10 games back as any kind of a idea of what he's going to be once he's back to full speed. Oh no, I'm uh, I'm going to take whatever I see tonight as that's Max Pacioretty. We're not going to get anything more or less uh than what we see tonight against the Nashville Predators. Um put in help me put in perspective what we saw over the we'll, we'll throw the Ranger game in there because it's part of it over the 11 game winning streak and the night it came to an end. I mean, I think it was a team that just showed it's very resilient. They're, they weren't always dominant, um, but, you know, like Rod speaks to so often, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't want his team to ever look at the score, look at what just happened and change anything that's going on with the way they want to play. And that leads to success because a lot of times they are the better team on the ice when they're playing the, the way they want to play. And, you know, the Rangers game was what it was. They They kind of, didn't have a whole lot of steam there in the last two periods. And, you know, I, I think people maybe got a little bent out of shape unnecessarily <laughs> about the loss, but um, it was kind of a weird game. A lot of fluky goals, pucks bouncing around and, uh, you know, that's hockey, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to lose sometimes and it's going to be weird. And uh, I, I didn't really think, I, I don't take much away from that loss as if things are going in a different direction now. Well, sometimes, first of all, the Rangers are good. They are now ten two and one in their last thirteen games. So not only are they good, but they're playing well. And yeah, sometimes the other team just plays better than you do, and I think that's what happened Tuesday. But it was weird. There were fluky goals, and in fact, I actually thought Carolina's penalty kill was pretty good, but they allowed three power play goals. One of them wasn't even supposed to be a shot, the first one. the And, well, the second one wasn't supposed to be a shot either. That was supposed to be a pass to Vincent Trocek that just went in. And then the third one was an empty net goal. So it's really hard to even be mad at that. 
Yeah, and you know, like I had a, got a couple tweets at me about, oh, there's the power play again. The Hurricanes power play can't convert, and you know, yes, the Rangers scored those kind of three weird power play goals in the game, but coming into the game, and the Rangers, I think, are one of the better power plays in the league usually. They only had two more goals at the, on the power play right. than the Hurricanes did. So, it, you know, all these things, uh, I, I've said this to you before, I think. It, I think as long as you're middle of the road on your on your power play, then you have the potential to get hot. The Hurricanes have been good the last month on the power play, you know, have, have kind of been what people want a power play to be, like a top 10 power play. Yeah. Uh, and it's just a matter of getting hot at the right time and you know, so I don't worry about that so much unless there's glaring problems with it. Uh, you know, I don't think it's something to get too bent out of shape about. This is the way I've, ta- I've talked about it. All I need in the playoffs, because this is what it's all about. It's all about the playoffs. All I need in the playoffs is something in the in something between 20 and 25%. If you're that in the playoffs, then you're helping yourself enough to win. You don't have to be... What the what Tampa was a few years ago against Carolina, or what Boston was three or four years ago against Carolina. You don't have to be that. You just got to be competent. They just haven't been competent in the playoffs on the power play. Yeah, and I mean the penalty kill hasn't been as good as it, as it was during the regular season. So both those things, I think, you know, will play into your success in the postseason. Uh, I, I think we mentioned this before, too. When they won the Stanley Cup, they were not a great power play team. Now, they got a lot of power plays, but percentage-wise, they were in the bottom half of the league all season, Right, got hot got hot in the playoffs, and guess what happened? They won. <laughs> I know what happened. I was I, yeah. Well, I was mostly. I wasn't there for the last one. Uh, but, yeah, th- that, that team also had a little bit of a different uh, offensive you know, set of offensive personnel. This team might be more skilled than that team, but that team was a, a little bit more, well, certainly older offensively than this team is. Uh, if if you were Rod, and Rod, I think, is going to start the game uh, with Patchy Reddy uh, playing on a fourth line, I think, is my guess. But if you were Rod, would what, what where would you put him? Adam Gold in studio with my man, Coach Pete Deruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. What in your mind is the biggest challenge we face heading to retirement? Having income enabled us to not have to go to work, right? So when you get to retirement, you need the money from somewhere. We're supposed to be building our money as we work, putting it aside, 401k, whatever, 403b, TSP. But we need to translate that lump sum that we have into a lifetime income. We put together lifetime income plans showing you what your guaranteed lifetime income will be. The next 10 people, we'll do it for them at no cost. At no cost. Yep. Eight 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 four three zero zero one three, or text Adam to six hundred seven hundred. I mean, I think anything you you do once he plays is you have to ease him into the lineup. You can't expect him to play twenty minutes or seventeen minutes right off the hop. Uh, and then you know, I think at the beginning of the season, the, the goal would have been probably to play him in Jordan Martinuk's spot on Jordan Stall line because, like I said earlier, he's a guy that creates on his own. And when you have a line that dominates possession as much as Jordan Stahl's line does, if you have one guy who's roaming around the zone who can score from anywhere with a shot, that adds a whole other element. And, you know, we saw that with Nino a bit, but Patrick right. Reddy's on a different level. Um, so that would be the natural spot to me, but I don't see there's any way that you can take yeah. Jordan Martinuk off that line right now. So to me, the fourth line makes sense right now. Uh, injuries are going to happen, so there's going to be some shuffling around. They need to figure out 
who the second line center is, uh, you know, with, with Natchez and Svechnikov, if those two stay together. So that's a, a question mark maybe that, uh, you know, it, could Natchez move to the middle? I don't think so, but yeah. I mean, I guess that's a possibility which would open up a spot on the wing in the top six. So. Yeah. I don't think Rod wants to do that. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain that Rod doesn't want to move Natchez to the middle uh, for, and maybe it's, out of a, a fear of losing what you're getting from Natchez right now. Because what you're getting from Marty right now is, you know, an outstanding offensive force, somebody who scores tons of big goals for them. I think Rod is afraid if he moves him to the middle, he will he may lose that because there are a whole bunch of other responsibilities that go along with playing center. Um, do you like the way Stasny has played in the middle? Because I thought he's, I think he's been pretty good. Uh, he hasn't necessarily scored. Well, he hasn't scored any goals there, but I think he's played pretty well. I mean, I think he's been fine. I mean, I think you know we just talked about Jordan playing next to Jordan Stahl and Jesper Faust and how guys can succeed in that role because of the way those two guys drive a line, Jordan in particular. And I think the same's true for for Natchez and Sveshnikov. If you get have the luxury of playing in the middle of those two, good things are going to happen. I. I think we've probably butted heads on this a little bit, but I wouldn't even mind seeing Kokaniemi back in that spot, especially now that uh, he's shooting a little bit more, right. and gained a little bit of confidence. Um, I think Stastny's been fine there. Uh, can he keep up uh, as things get faster in the playoffs? You know, we are talking an older guy here, and, uh, you know, I like the way Kokaniemi plays still, but there's options there, so that's what's nice. And I, I, I do agree with you on, on the nature's point in the middle, by the way. Uh, it's just an option and things that people bring up all the time. Right. They know Mar- Marty wants to be in the middle, um, but I, I love his speed on the wings. And, uh, you know, obviously he's going to handle the puck no matter where, you know, <laughs> what, where he is as far as position. No no question about it. Um, and I do. I would love to see Natchez. If, if Marty Natchez was capable of playing center and being dynamic offensively at the same time, then I think Rod Brindamore would absolutely do it. He also points to the fact that he's under fifty percent on faceoffs, and he's only taking faceoffs on the right-handed, on the right side of the of the rink, and that is a big deal to the head coach. I agree also about Kokaniemi. I think he has played well enough to go back in between Svechnikov and Natchez. But again, this is where, uh, as much as I talk to the head coach, he is. I think he believes that. Kokaniemi is playing this well because he is just comfortable where he is and he doesn't necessarily want to mess with it. Yeah, and you know, I'll be curious to see what happens tonight if if Stephen Mason can't go and Pacioretty is in the lineup because to me, the reason the fourth line has gone well is it's when Stefan Nason is there. He's yeah. really, I mean, he's really pushed a lot of lines yep. to be better. Now, most of the scoring has been done on the power play, but his his even strength play, it seems like he has been a catalyst for other lines. So uh, if it's not Nason on that fourth line tonight, then I wonder, uh, is it possible that maybe that line takes a little bit of a step back, especially if there's a new guy they're trying to get up to speed. All right. Well, I can tell you this. According to my conversation with Rod, it uh, Nason will not play. Uh, mm-hmm. But we don't know what the line is going to look like. Again, I, my guess is that it'll be Patchy Reddy um, play there with Kokaniemi and uh, and Derek Stepan. And uh, two two quick things before we let Corey Lav, let North State Journal and the Athletic go at Corey Lav on Twitter. Uh, 
So when they're 100% healthy, Nason isn't coming out of the lineup, which means it'll mm-hmm. most likely be Stepan who comes out. Patchy Reddy, to me, is a top six forward. I think to everybody, is a top six forward. So somebody's got to drop down. Could a fourth line of Kokaniemi, Jarvis, and Nason do a lot of damage in the postseason? I, I think the thing that works best about this is that lines are fluid. Now you can you have to choose who's going to play in each game, right? But you can try things. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think you know if Taravainen's not going, if Jarvis isn't going, uh, you know those are guys that if you have to move them down, you know. Rod's proven that he doesn't care what line you're on. Right. If if your line's going, if you're the fourth line and you're going, then you're going to play. Early in the year, the Jordan Stahl line wasn't all that good, to be honest with you. Right. And and the Kokinemi line with with Natchez and and Svechnikov played more than them. Now Jordan Stahl's line is now a monster again. So <laughs> they're playing more minutes now, and I think that's kind of uh, you know it's it's a good problem to have. Yeah. I mean, this team is. It's a uh, a problem that most coaches wouldn't mind having. No, no question. Uh, do do you think a lot of NHL coaches would like three goaltender options? I don't think any coach wants to carry three goaltenders <laughs> um, because it's just kind of a cluster, uh, especially for practice purposes. But um, when you have the situation you have where You've got two guys who won the Jennings Trophy together. Let's not forget that. It's, yeah. You know, I, I know there's a fervor around the rookie right now, um, but these other two guys are pretty good as well, uh, particularly Anderson last year. Uh, if Anderson is healthy, if Ranta is healthy, uh, and then Kachekov's there too, I, it's a that makes for a tough decision also. But uh, if they have to carry three, they've shown before they'll do that if they have to. You know, they did it uh, in the past when, when it was needed with um, – you know, when guys were banged up or you had a young guy like Nadelkovich playing well. So, um, I, you know, I don't see him going anywhere. Uh, I don't see how you can unless uh, he stumbles, you know. Right. That game is what it is, you know, a little knock, knock the rust off and you go from there. Yeah, they, they're not sending their best goaltender to the minor leagues at this point. Uh, I'll see you over at uh, PNC Arena for the return of the Nino Niederreiter. Yes, I talked to Nino today. It's good to see him. Great guy. Um, you know, I, I was just writing something up, waiting to talk to you and have a little bit, but, um, obviously still a little sad. He didn't, sure. it, it didn't get done here. Um, so I'll have something on that before the game tonight. All right. You can uh, follow Corey Lavalette on Twitter at Corey love and read his thoughts on Nino Niederreiter. Thank you, sir. I'll see you later. See you. AJ. You got it. Corey Lavalette. Love talking to him about the hurricanes and the sport. We haven't even, we, he knows more about the inner workings of salary cap and what you're allowed to do than anybody I know. It's just, it's silly to be honest. On average, people spend over a third of their life sleeping, yet most sleep disorders go undiagnosed. I'm Megan Giggling, General Manager of Parkway Sleep Health Centers. Sleep struggles left untreated can lead to health problems and have a serious effect on your quality of life. We've served the triangle for 20 years. Let us help you get the sleep you've been dreaming of. If you're in need of a sleep study, a knowledgeable doctor, CPAP machine, or supplies, Parkway has you covered. For more information or to schedule an appointment, visit parkwaysleep.com. Sound sleep, sound health.